Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And we're alive in Seattle. We are living indeed. For now. Well, hopefully, you know. Okay, so I I got I got back from Texas and um all of the trees were in bloom and all these beautiful things that I'm allergic to have started to bloom. So I'm sitting here monitoring my temperature with the sniffles and a cough. I always have the sniffles. I always sound stuffed up. Some of you listeners will probably hear me feeling a little more stuffed up than usual. That's not too bad, actually. Let's say I'm going to be writing that uh, mute button for sniffles. A little hard. And I'll be doing my best today. to write the, the mute button as well. Um, especially as I, as I start to get myself worked up into my little conspiracy I've got going on. Conspiracy? No. I, 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 I think there's something more to this that's going on. You see, okay. here, here's the deal. Gibson has filed for bankruptcy recently and recently being like last couple of years, they've been trying to get back into the game in terms of like the number one, like we are guitar kind of a thing. And I, I got to say, I don't think it's any coincidence that this virus is named Corona. And one of Gibson's main competitors, Fender, is in Corona, California. Do you think that's a coincidence? Because I, I don't see this as a coincidence. I think, I don't know, but JC, JC, Mark Agnesi, like, I don't know, guys. Maybe they're bioscientists in the background. What do you think? Uh, hard no. But it, uh, well, well, you think about goes, it now. Um, everyone, now everyone is is in their homes, and what do you do when you're bored at home? Hopefully, you play guitar. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Gibson, though, really quickly, I woke up to some uh, deeply upsetting news <clears throat> on a Tuesday morning that I, I think I'd woke up like at five or something. And I'm just like in a stranger's guest bedroom in, in Dallas, Texas, after playing a couple shows. And I, I get a text from a friend um, uh, who's a Hold Steady fan. And it's a picture of uh, the basement in East Nashville uh, decimated. Uh, and I turn off my phone. And I go back to sleep. I wake up and I thought it was, I thought it was a dream. And then I, I woke up again to text from my mom. Like, have you texted Michelle? Have you texted Kate? Are your friends okay? And I was like, Oh my God. I, I opened Facebook and um, I've never been so grateful for that. Mark yourself safe feature that everyone makes fun of and misuses. Um, right. Right. It, it's, it's so jarring when you open Facebook and you see 71 friends marked safe because you realize that you live someplace, you, you have, this thing has happened someplace where you have 71 friends in our adult lives. That's uh, so I'm scrolling through it. I'm texting, you know, Michelle, who was on the podcast. Uh, she was fine. Um, she just had a very long sleepless night in the basement with her dogs and her cats. Um other friends of the show, Grant and Karen, are fine. Tornadoes didn't happen anywhere near them. I think Scott from Stringjoy was out of town. So Scott was fine if we're talking about like the, the people that we know in Nashville. Kevin Equitz was fine. Lives nowhere near. Um, our friend of the show, Mark, was fine. Lives Lived nowhere near everything that was happening. Uh, and then Matthew Hoops is fine. Matthew Hoops is fine. Um, and uh, I think 
like I was texting on my friends. They were like getting back to me like that. Uh, Sarah and Rachel Reynolds, uh, friends of mine, um, and former roommates were good. Uh, but one friend, I was just like, I just think maybe she's not good at texting. Maybe she's not good at texting. And finally, like, uh, when we're in, like, cause I, we were like on the way to the airport. And I'm like furiously texting my friends who aren't marketing themselves as safe and just making sure like checking in on them emotionally too. Finally, my wedding photographer and a very good friend of mine, Kate, she, she finally gets back to me and she says like it touched down in her backyard. Her house is mostly fine. Or some of her neighbor's homes are just gone. Wow. And I'm just like looking at these pictures of East Nashville's place where I just was, where I saw like my favorite band, the hold steady for two nights with some of my favorite people and my friends and Michelle and my friend Mimi and TK and Kyle and Carrie and of course Steve and Tad and it's just it's gone and the only thing like there was someone took a picture from where the stage was out and I could just like see us imagine us all in there throwing confetti and shit and it's gone it's just there's there the roof got ripped off. It's not there anymore. And um, basically the only thing that's standing of that building is my friend Adrian Saporetti's mural. This is, I believe in Nashville. So check the show notes. Um, I'm going to include some resources for ways that you can help people in Nashville, but Gibson is doing a very cool thing. Do you want to talk about what Gibson is doing? Yeah, I can talk a little bit about what Gibson's doing. So Gibson has, uh, I, uh, an initiative going that, hey, we know that a lot of people in Nashville just lost their homes and their and the, their livelihood is music. We want to give away guitars to the people so we, so we can get them uh, back into playing music as fast as possible. The, the statement also said we know that this doesn't replace homes or anything, but this is one little thing that we can do. Um, and I think that's honestly really awesome. I know uh, I've seen a little bit of negative... Uh, like kickback on the interwebs of people saying, oh, well, they're just giving away like blemish guitars and sitting here like, and so, they didn't have guitars before. Like, I'm are you exactly look like, a, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Right, right. Don't be I a mean, choosy beggar. Beggars can't be choosers. And, and not that it. I mean, and it's not even just about that. It, it's not like Gibson's being petty or cheap They're They don't have to do this. And I think more important no. is Gibson is such a staple and always has been uh, in the the Nashville community. I, I think it's really neat to see them step up as a leader in that community in the midst of disaster. And, At least the Tennessee community. Right, right. Um, and that just makes me really, really glad to see. Um, yeah. Cannot state enough. I, I don't have enough good things to say about the fact that they're doing that. And if you're being all negative, Nancy, about it, like, come on. The one thing I will say is that if, um, in, in 2010 in Nashville, there was a, a terrible flood. And this place called Soundstage uh, got flooded. And this had been basically, if you were um, a very well-known, influential, wealthy kind of, uh, not let's just not say wealthy, just if you're a big musician this is where you stored your gear when it wasn't on tour. So it flooded. <clears throat> and uh, lots of beautiful historic instruments were destroyed. So 
at least it's just it's like 10 years after the nashville flood this nashville tornado hits and tears up you know um east nashville which is sort of the like the the independent i guess you might call it hipsterville cultural hub of the city including a venue owned by um co-owned by mike grimes of grimy records so um, yeah what a crushing blow i just saying that about it i just like i thought i was i i am like not much of a crier right now but i something about seeing a music venue just gone makes me sad yeah and and i totally hear that so uh, we're going to make sure to include some ways that you can you can help, you can donate, uh, you can do what you can. I know that the the scope of the damage is almost mind-boggling and kind of hard to to take in, but we are a community, and that's one of the reasons why we do the show. And one of the reasons why we love the this this community so much is how people band together in times of need. So uh, please do what you can, participate. Uh, and let's uh, help each other get back up on our feet. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Uh, on a po- more positive note, um, I just got back from a, a string of shows in Texas. It was my first flyaway tour with my band. And oh my God. Oh my God. So much fun. So much fun. So many great tacos. So many great margaritas. But most importantly, three fantastic shows in Austin, uh, D- Denton, Texas, and Dallas, Texas. It was it was just a dream. Like, man, that went better than I think we could have imagined. No, the pictures looked super fun. Uh, the food, with one exception, all looked really, really great. And uh, it looked like a really great time. Yeah, the one exception, it was fine. It was, we flew out of, um, the basis I flew out of Love Field. We flew out of Dallas Love Field, so there just weren't as many food options. So we did, I, I stopped at Whataburger, and they stopped at Moe's Burritos, so... I mean, it wasn't, we didn't have a lot to choose from, <laughs> but Whataburger was fine. It, you know, it it's fine. It, I'm sure it's better than like, say like McDonald's or Burger King. Um, uh, it's definitely better than Burger King. Oh, shots fired. Uh, I, 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 it, I'd be, I'd be honest. I love, love, love McDonald's unironically, unabashedly, unashamedly. I really enjoy a McDonald's burger. I think it tastes good. I could mock you for that, but that would be incredibly hypocritical of me as well. So before well, I, I, like, I, I mean, it's all fast food. It's fast food. Oh, I mean, I, I, I have a soft spot for McDonald's. Um, specifically, I was living um, over in Europe. Um, especially, I did a couple of um, extended internships in uh, Eastern Europe, and every once in a while, I was like, I just, I want a taste of like. Real oh. good American food. And yeah. the one thing on the menu that the McDonald's had over there that was the same thing in the States was a McDouble. All really? the other burgers are different. Um, huh. Yeah, it was just, it was a different menu. But the McDouble so was the same. Double, is the McDouble I'm, just a double cheeseburger? Uh, no, it's so two patties, one slice of cheese, uh, mustard, and um, pickles. Does it have like a little bit onions. of onions? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it does have like. Uh, yeah, and I've got just such nostalgic. That kind of I remember um, the first summer I was over in Eastern Europe doing that internship, and I was like, "Wow, this is this hits me right in the the nostalgia spot." And ever since then, it just uh, specifically the McDouble has uh, kind of hit me in a place that I'm like, "Ah, 
I know this is really, really bad for me. Yeah. My, my brain's saying yes, but the MSG is saying, or my brain's saying no, but the MSG is saying yes. So. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, um, the first day we, we, we flew into Austin, we landed about midnight. We had a hell of a time finding a rental car. And then even though we'd requested a car that we thought would be big enough, um, the car, the tire, the wheels of the tires kind of came up and into the car in a weird way. Like, you know, the tire wells, like when you get on an old, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we, yeah, couldn't yeah. Fit, we couldn't fit everything in there. So we very sheepishly went back and we're like, well, it's just, it's not big enough. And the guy's like, it's exactly the car you were like, the kind of car you requested. And we're like, and I was trying to explain, but it's just, it's, it's narrow. It's, it's, it's unnaturally narrow because of the tire wells. He's like, how about this? And he gives us this, um, absolute beast of a Mazda, like the spaceship car. It had, it had like the, like lane, uh, detection. It, it like had a little beeper when someone was in your blind spot, when you were signaling. And it had that thing that you can, like when you have your cruise control, you can set a distance between you and the car in front of you. Um, so that you don't have to keep, what? like, that's a feature. Control. <clears throat> it was amazing. I'm just like, let's max out at 80, get in the fast lane. And I'm just going to go as fast as the car in front of me all the way from Austin to, to Denton. Uh, when we that, did that drive, I, I didn't realize that cars had that feature. That sounds like that a sounds touring almost band's as, dream. Right. Like that sounds almost dream. as dangerous as like Tesla's autopilot. Like. It, the more and more these things come out, the more and more likely I am to just take a nap behind the wheel and wake up and be like, oh, I'm almost there. Oh, I'm 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 not a sleepy behind the wheel person. I love I love highway driving. I really do. Um, so the first night we land and we immediately go to Velvet Taco in North Austin, and then we drive down to our little red roof inn on South Congress and uh, snuggle up in a room. <laughs> uh, Aww. <clears throat> I, I joked with the drummer. I, I shared a bed with the drummer. I joked that he's only the third man I've ever shared a bed with. <laughs> I think it made him uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. He was like, like, he's like, is Rick okay with this? And I was joking with him like, Rick doesn't know. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. Rick's fine with it. <laughs> of course Rick's fine with it. Rick's Rick. Um, so that was funny. <laughs> the, the thing is, the drummer is like the biggest jokester of all of us. He tried to convince us that uh, green was a primary color. He he vehemently uh, argues that every band that we ever hear on the radio is from Boston. He's he's very funny. So it was really oh, fun yeah. to be able to Boston. turn to Boston. 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 Uh, Boston. I, I, I actually don't know how to pronounce Boston in a Boston accent. Boston. To be fair, though, I've never been to Boston in the fall. VeggieTales kids will get that one. Okie dokie. Um, so then we had a whole day in Austin, which was really fun. Uh, we we went to Torchy's Tacos, which was amazing. We went thrifting. We saw we did a little bit of sightseeing. Um, and then we went to the venue, which was a uh, Hotel Vegas on East 6th Street. Oh, but we also went to Easy Tiger on Normal 6th Street, which during the day is my one of my favorite places in Austin. Played some ping pong, sat by that really nasty little creek, uh, had some really, really, really delightful cocktails. Like, I'm not a beer drinker, but I've realized I really like a cocktail that has a little bit of beer in it. Yeah, yeah, I've had uh, those are usually pretty good, actually. They're very, yeah, it was really just like that added depth. Like, anything, like, I just need a drink with more depth because otherwise I'm just 
prone to to throwing things back like if it's too sweet or whatever right right well that's why and i cannot say this enough malt is so important to beer everybody loves the ipa hops and whatnot but hops are worthless without a good supporting malt base and i think that carries right over into cocktails yeah so um then we did the show at hotel vegas it was great we played with a couple of really fantastic bands um deep time uh who we've all been wanting to see for a very long time uh and then we we the band that played before us is a band called pollen rx um featuring a a two front people uh mod and ben and oh my god i just love them so much that was that was extremely my jam so pollen rx and deep time fantastic bands the crowd at hotel vegas was amazing but uh it was uh truly it okay so i I almost wish we'd been there in the warmer months because they had such a big beautiful outdoor space uh that would seem like a nice surprise but um it was still a dirty dirty punk rock club uh which you can tell by the bathrooms yes so the women's room, when I get there, at first they don't have any soap. So I go up, I'm like, hey, you gotta put some soap in this bathroom. Don't you know we're in, like, coronavirus, like, times? And so they put some soap in the women's room. I find out later they never put soap in the men's room. No. And also, and also a gentleman had, um, within the first hour of doors being open, had barfed in the sink at the men's in the men's room. So uh, I was not shaking hands with with men at the show nothing personal just i know that if you use that bathroom you did not wash your hands there because you could not have um so that was dirty oh yeah yeah but no let's stall. be honest no they never were at any other venue before coronavirus anyways that's true there was no stall on the 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 there's no door in the stall in the men's room either which is probably because of you know coke issues and i just saw a great sign on reddit that was found in portland it said if you have 20 seconds to do coke in our bathroom you have 20 seconds to wash your hands <laughs> oh that's that's pretty good mm-hmm. so then we stayed with um daniel from deep time that night so thank you daniel um and then we went to, to denton we stopped at this place called um the check stop have you ever heard of a collage it's like a very um, yeah yeah oh my god they had collages there and so i got a um a sausage jalapeno and cheddar sausage collage and then i had a pimento cheese sandwich on like texas toast oh oh best rest stop that i've ever had in my life and then we played um rubber gloves in denton apparently that place had been a dingy dirty punk club and it closed it reopened and it's it's really nice if you get the chance to play rubber gloves in denton anybody listening do it do it do it do it do it do it not to be confused with the uh, other slightly cleaner venue latex gloves yes slightly hygienic uh the very nice green room uh very nice very loud though uh beautiful space like my favorite bartender i've ever met in my life uh i like i liked the venue so much i bought a shirt at the end of the night (laughs) which i never do for the venue you have said Uh, several times the show that that's something that you do not do so I'm actually kind of surprised. I buy band shirts. I've never bought a. I don't usually buy venue shirts. Maybe the. Maybe I'm just getting things mixed up in my head. I always. I, need... I love buying band shirts. Um, and then uh, we, so we had the next day. We spent a little bit of time in Denton and Dallas, and then we played um, um, a kind of a party in in Dallas uh, the next day at this place called Tractor Beam, and they made us a really cool poster. Great crowd. Some fun videos of me, literally like 
so during the third song, I have a guitar solo, and during the guitar solo, I walk into the crowd, and um, I I look at people. I I go straight to like the the people who are in the back, and I look at them and I say, "Come on, what are you doing back here? Come on now!" <laughs> I, I rally them up and shaming the introverts. It's not the introverts. It's like it's for me. It's when people make that false line. Like at some point, someone decides I don't want to get like nobody should get any closer to the stage. And I would like to um, bridge the gap. If you're not going to come to me, I'm going to come to you. I have a 35 foot guitar cable from Covenant Cables. Try me. Um, yeah, so uh, we had a really great time in Texas. Uh, the next day we had off. Uh, we went to, we saw Birds of Prey at the Alamo Draft House Theater. I wish that everywhere had an Alamo Draft House Theater. Oh my God. Have you heard of or been to the uh, Alamo Draft House, Andrew? I I don't believe I have. Is that what in San Antonio? Uh, they're all throughout Texas. I think there are a few outside of Texas, but it's one of those types of theaters where um, you place orders for food and drinks on a little card and they bring it out to you. It's really nice. Oh, I remember the Alamo Tap House. Ah, uh, I got you. <laughs> I, I, that's a lie. I, that was a good joke, but it, that is that a lie. Was, that, was, that, was a, that was a snapping point. Yeah, I think um, I don't remember Cinerama here is, but uh, there's a cinema in Capitol Hill that kind of has that vibe. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, Central Check that out sometime. Yeah, so I've I've been yammering. What's new with you? I I've got a couple of new things. It's been um, fairly busy with uh, with yield day job in the best way possible, but I won't bore you with the details. Just know that. Uh, I actually really, really, really love my job right now. And I, Oh, good. That's not something everybody gets to say. And I feel incredibly fortunate to be able to do so. Um, but as far as the time that I've had outside of that, I've got, um, I just sent off a whole bunch of, um, toppers yesterday in the mail Been working on kind of a larger batch. I'm sending out to several folks at once. Uh, so check out the Instagram. There's a couple of really, really, really funny ones that went out. Um, uh, specifically, uh, Jonathan Diaz from the effects loop picked up a couple and he had, uh, some pretty good puns worked out f- for me to, to put together for him. So it was pretty fun. Uh, and I finally, I think I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks back that I was starting a, uh, a board build where I was going to custom solder all my own cable ends. And I, for the life of me could not find like could not find the SP 400s I'd ordered a while back. Oh, I had really? a bag. Yeah. I, I'd bought, they were on like a crazy, crazy deal a couple of years back um, before sinusoid bought covenant cables. I bought it from covenant cables and it was something stupid. Like, um, like I bought 10 of them for like 30 bucks. Right. I'm pretty sure is actually under cost for those. I could be wrong. That was pre-sinusoid um, acquisition. Yep. Um, yeah, so I finally gave up looking for them. I found myself a little frustrated that I had to do this, but um, at the same time, I couldn't be happier to deal with better people. I reached out to uh, Albie at, uh, at Covenant slash Sinusoid. I was like, yo, dog, I need some more SP400s. Can you hook a brother up? Albie, so, help. Albie, help. I have a project. I need help. Help, help. So Albie was 
the the best human I could have worked with on that. And I literally, literally, oh yeah, I mean per usual, like like within like I texted him like within the hour, I had like the invoice like all put together and paid out. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, what a rad dude, and. So I've got that sitting on my bench. That's my next thing up now that I've got all my toppers out in the mail. And then the other thing I've got going on is I'm selling off some more equipment. Um, but I specifically threw up um, the uh, so the current pedal that I've got going with my trade-in, trade-up game that I've been playing. And for those of you who might not remember, I started off with an EHX um, Muff OD, which is like a $20 or $30 overdrive pedal. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up on about a year ago now. Yeah, actually. And I've been slowly making trades with a uh, the idea of trading up in value, uh, working my way up that direction. And right now I've got an alter ego times four, which is a big old uh, delay pedal slash looper, which is super, super rad. I'm going to break a little bit of my rules right now. Um, I don't have I've been posting it around and I haven't had anybody interested in a trade, but I do have someone who I should be meeting up with later today who uh, just wants to buy it outright. And I know that oh, that doesn't seem like it's within the, the rules of the game, but it's my game. So I'm making up the rules as I go and I'm saying, screw it. I'm going to sell it and I'm going to use that money to buy something um, and try to get a good deal on something else that's worth a little bit more. So what, do you have any thoughts about what you're going to, I don't, well, so assuming, um, I, I guess I can talk a little bit of prices. I, I posted it for 160 and the buyer said, sure. So assuming that this doesn't fall through, uh, I've gone from the pedal that I literally spent $20 on to a $160 payout within nice. a year. Nice. And got to say that's, that's probably better than you could have done in the stock market in terms of return, yeah. mm-hmm. especially, you know, given recent events, but uh, I am, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm yeah. fully open to ideas. Uh, I think the in keeping in mind with the game is the goal isn't to get something that I necessarily want personally, but the goal is specifically to get something that is worth more that is tradable. Yeah, I want to find a screaming deal. I'll be choosing like Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and all of the usual local uh, suspects. Reverb. Reverb. Um, and see what I can't work out if I can find something that's like just drastically underpriced for around 160 bucks and nice. snag on it and continue. Let's keep this game going. I want to see how far I can take this. Awesome. I think now that we're starting to get up into the triple digits, I think it's I don't know if it makes it easier or harder to figure out um, kind of a trade up deal. I don't know. I think it could make it harder because once you get past that kind of thing, people are a little more, I don't know, stingy. Yeah. It might be like, Oh, like I'll trade you this, but plus cash or. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the margins for error, so to speak, go up quite a bit. So we'll see how much farther I can take this before I find myself banging my head against the wall and giving up. Nice. But well, so luck. far, it's been a fun experiment, and I, I, not gonna complain with 160 bucks just to burn a hole in my pocket as I'm looking around for things to buy. So that said, if anybody wants to sell me something, you know exactly what my budget is. Uh, I can't go any higher or lower. But if it's something that's worth a little bit more, and you want to just participate and have some fun at the game, and know that I'm just an eager buyer, 
uh, message us on Instagram, be a part of the game, be a part of the fun, be immortalized in the history of the show. Fantastic. I hope that he either pays you via Venmo or that you disinfect whatever cash he gives you. I plan on, um, so I don't get mugged. Actually, I'm planning on keeping the, the cash in my cheek. That's disgusting. P- putting it in a, like, I'll put it in a, like a snap, uh, like a snack size Ziploc bag first. But, you know, I just, I don't want to get mugged. Gross. So gross. So gross. I, I, I really doubt I'm going to get mugged at the uh, public supermarket that I'm planning on meeting the buyer at, but. We are in a state of emergency. Are we? I, yeah, Jay Inslee just declared a state of emergency, I'm pretty sure. You know, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, and this is probably not a bad time to start transitioning into the episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it, I don't I don't entirely think it's unwarranted, but let's let, why don't we dive into our topic for the day? Topic for the day is going to be what everybody's been talking about, what the whole world is shutting down over, uh, which is COVID-19, which is the fancy name for coronavirus, uh, which you definitely do not get from. Yeah. So coronavirus has actually been a thing for a while, but it's specifically the strain. So it's specifically the dash 19. Uh, Corona gets its name, fun fact, from, or coronavirus gets its name, uh, Corona in Latin means crown. And when you look at the virus under a microscope, it's got like a bunch of like little, it looks like it's wearing a little crown. It's actually like kind of cute, except it's also terrifying. But it's also kind of, it's kind of like the, uh, the, the monster in Monty Python's, um, in the Holy Grail. Um, Monster in that? Are you talking yeah. about the, the rabbit? The rabbit. It's like kind of cute, but it's like super deadly. You're like, oh no, someone get the yeah. holy hand grenade. Yeah. Um. So coronavirus has been, um, uh, so full disclosure, but we've recorded, we're recording this on um, March 8th. And by the time, and by the time this comes out on March 10th, we could be, everything we say could have changed. It's changing. Everything's changing that quickly. Um. Except for the number of cases in America, it seems, because nobody's getting tested for it. Uh, yeah. I'd like to talk a little bit more about that here so- soon. But. At some point. But let's let's talk about... Um, so this has been in the news since I remember first seeing it in January. And um, specifically, coronavirus is um, highly infectious. Uh, its, its fatality rate is kind of unknown. Simply because if you're if you're the same age as like Andrew or I, or if you're younger or a child, chances are your symptoms are so mild that you're never going to go to a doctor. It's just it feels like a head cold. Or if you're a child, if you could be completely asymptomatic, uh, and you can spread it while you're asymptomatic as well. And that's called shedding. Shedding the virus is spreading it without you know. It's just that's that's just what it's called. Um, so. We're in Seattle, which is making headlines because of some really tragic things that have occurred in Seattle. Namely, um, it's been community spread here for potentially weeks, potentially since like January 25th is my understanding, Um, which is frightening, mostly because uh, the biggest impact this has had is in a nursing home or an assisted care facility, people who are already susceptible to um, succumbing to COVID-19. Absolutely the worst case scenario 
for this. Um, and at the same time, uh, you see, gosh, I don't even know how to transition to the live event industry from this. So I'm just going to say it. The way I've been following it is with, in regards to live events, we talked about my billboard subscription last week. Um, billboard says that, um, authorities have canceled 20,000 concerts in China and Hong Kong, which will cost the reason region $286 million. Um, gatherings are being canceled. Um, the Mercedes Benz arena in Asia is just closed indefinitely. The Chinese grand prix was originally scheduled for April 19th. That's probably the biggest car. One of the two biggest car races in Asia after the Jap Japan grand prix, uh, that's Formula One racing, if you're not familiar. Just post postponed. I guess it might happen at some point. Um, this is this is millions of dollars, millions and millions. The film industry is expecting a five billion loss in revenue because people aren't going to theaters. But, I mean, so that, that that's a lot of money. It almost seems like monopoly money when you start talking about it in terms like five billion or this many billion or this many hundreds of millions. Um, the law of large numbers states that it's basically impossible to visualize that amount of money. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's definitely pretty mind boggling. I remember, uh, let's see here. It was someone on Reddit put together like a using grains of rice. This is like what the, your average, if your average American has like a thousand bucks, uh, each grain of rice, I think was worth like, um, ten thousand dollars. I think it was a hundred thousand dollars. Something like that. And like the, they're seeing visually the difference between like a million and a billion is like, oh, oh, oh my, good golly, that's a lot of difference. Um, yeah. So there's definitely like a, a level to this where it's like it's really difficult to wrap our brains around the economic impact. And just to to swing back a little bit to kind of what you're mentioning before with the nursing facility and the effects of the virus is that. This is specific, like for the people that it's affected, um, it really, de I think the numbers are saying it, if I can take a stab at it is, uh, it really depends on what population is getting, um, is actually receiving the virus, but it's specifically for anybody who's got underlying health conditions, um, such as diabetes, heart and lung issues, people over the age of 60 and people who are, um, immunosuppressed. And that's actually a surprisingly decent chunk of the population, depending on which country you're in. The numbers I was looking at um, as of last night out of China were showing somewhere around the realm of 3% mortality rate, which, and I don't know what the demo six. It, right. And that's a little, that's a lot. I mean, if you figure you're standing in a room of like a hundred people and what that is, granted, if you're staying in a room of uh, completely healthy people, such as like your workplace, um, it might, it might not even remotely reflect that 3.6%, but the the potential impact of having that sort of loss of life is one admittedly freaks me out a little bit just because I've got close family members who fall pretty squarely into those categories right. um, that do live here in Seattle. And um, two, just in terms of what the economic impact could be just from the loss of life. So it's, I think I, you can look at it as balancing game. We want to make sure we want to protect um, life at all costs. At the same time, there is the all, all cost thing is there's a lot of cost involved in this. And I think it'd be really helpful. What we're going to try and do our best to, to do is break that down into what does that mean for our industry and yeah. for, for, for what we talk about here. Mm -hmm. And this has a lot of implications on any, everything from the, the service industry to just the general hourly worker. We're going to try to talk specifically about the entertainment industry, the music industry, um, 
and especially uh, festivals because that's what's been in the news the past couple days. So um, let's let's talk about South by Southwest. What about it? For the first time in 34 years, it's been canceled. First time, 34 years. That's insane. I've known, I've seen that headline for a couple of days now, and I still don't know like how to like verbalize a response to that. That's just so. Wow. Is all I could come up with. Wow. So South by Southwest is uh, an event. um, It started as uh, basically the purpose of it was to take these smaller unsigned acts and then all of these like talent agents, managers, uh, record labels, basically like, hey, you need a tour agent? This tour agent is looking for acts and like pair them. And it's really fallen away from that over the years. But um it's still the biggest, probably the biggest independent music festival in, uh, I would assume, the world. 500,000 people, between four and 500,000 people were expected to attend, many of them from out of state. It's one, uh, until the form, actually probably even with the Formula One race track in Austin, Texas now, probably their biggest source of entertainment revenue um, at one time, their biggest event. Uh, and there's a lot of events in Texas, including uh, like University of Texas home games. Um Everything is bigger in Texas, including festivals. Wait till you see pictures of a... Go look up later pictures of Bucky's uh, gas stations. Those are bigger in Texas. Those are so big. Um, So it started um, with a petition of 40,000 people to cancel it. Basically, Austin slash Travis County has zero confirmed cases as of recording this. I think there are some pending tests um, and people in quarantine, perhaps, maybe three. Um, Zero confirmed cases to Travis County. Understandably, they want to keep it that way. San Antonio had, uh, as of my notes, 11 confirmed cases. Um, This started... uh, it, It started as kind of like a fizzle and then all of a sudden just like a bomb drop. So first, a couple of artists were pulling out of um, of the festival. I know Sadie Dupuis from Sad 13 and Speedy Ortiz. Sad 13 was supposed to play. She basically pulled out saying that, you know, a lot of touring musicians, they'll go and play wherever, feeling whatever way. And she just didn't want to um, put more people at risk. By keeping right. this mentality. Musicians don't typically get sick days. Like you play the show and you get paid. Get on the plane. Yeah, exactly. Um, it started really with, I think, the first to pull out was uh, CMG. The Concord Music Group canceled their annual happy hour. They were the first company to officially cancel. Um, but at that time, companies like BMG, uh, Sony BMG, and Cobalt had uh, travel restrictions, which meant their people wouldn't be attending. And then Vivo canceled. TikTok, Netflix, Apple, TuneCore, more every day than Warner Media pulled out of South by Southwest. The entertainment conglomerate, which is, uh, I think this is a quote from Billboard, which is comprised of HBO, Turner, and Warner Brothers, announced a statement that as a precaution, it had, quote, decided it best not to move forward with activations at South by Southwest. And at the same time, according to several bookers, most artists were more concerned that the festival would cancel. Um, Musicians are just notorious for being bonkers. We're used to playing with colds and injuries because, like you said, if we don't play, we don't get money. Not that 
artists get a lot of money from playing by South by Southwest. You typically get a low guarantee or a door deal, if that. Um, but then oftentimes if you're playing with something like Bevo or Warner Brothers or Concord, they have a more budget to pay you. Um, <clears throat> so if they don't go, you don't get paid. So um, and then all of a sudden, I th- was it Thursday? Thursday. <clears throat> Canceled. And canceled not by South by Southwest, but by the city of Austin. Right, and people, right. And people are going nuts on Reddit. They're saying, why are why did it take the city to cancel the festival? And I think I know why. I, I mean, why, I, uh, why the I, festival didn't cancel on their own. I mean, I'm going to guess that it's probably the same reason why we're seeing a lot of pushback on safety precautions in other sectors of the u.s economy which is dollar dollar bills y'all it's about money that's exactly right so um all about the money 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 if you have uh, an event you purchase event insurance and there are clauses in this insurance that are normal um and then there are clauses in that insurance policy that uh aren't included by default and one of those is typically pandemic insurance to be canceled via because of a pandemic um so that's not a common one that people buy because pandemics are rare very rare so you're gambling that's what insurance is in a lot of ways it's gambling so if you don't have pandemic insurance uh you can't cancel because of coronavirus concerns and get all of the money that is promised to you in your insurance policy and uh even if you wanted pandemic insurance after coronavirus started getting advertised, like if, if, if not advertised, but like press and nationwide and worldwide concerns, it's excluded from these insurance policies. So even if you get pandemic insurance, it excludes coronavirus COVID-19. So what these festivals needed to make any amount of money back, it get anything is they need a force majeure. They need an act of God and an act of God is an act of the state. <laughs> uh, to be canceled by the city of Austin meant that South by Southwest themselves would probably get some payout for their costs incurred to date on their insurance. They can cancel. The force majeure means the people who are guaranteed money, unless they have a no force majeure clause in their contract, which gets X'd out all the time, they ain't getting paid either. Right, which is kind of corporate well not kind of that's really corporate and kind of corporate conniving it's conniving but i mean you got to do what you have to do to survive and they weren't going to get paid people were potentially not going to go it was the right thing to do i don't think i can oh no i i I completely agree on that it was the right thing to do was to cancel it um half a million people descending on a city that so far doesn't seem to have a problem. People coming from places that do have problems, California, New York, and Seattle. Right. Like, and no. they, they, they would have 100%. If I, okay, maybe not hundred percent. I would say a solid 98% would have had a problem with it after the fact, just looking at the stats and the fact that it is spreadable without anybody having any idea. I mean, that's, it's the unknown factor that makes it really difficult to gauge how how one should react or how one should be personally worried and worked up over it. Well, you know, the only reason that Seattle knows that we have a problem is because the University of Washington created their own test for coronavirus. 
Right, and there's only so many of them. My understanding is they got a relative um, shortage of them compared to to five hundred a day. Right, compared to the number of people that are calling and saying, "Hey, I think I've got it. Can I get tested?" Yeah, and they won't let you get tested unless you had exposure to a known case, travel to China, or um, are immunocompromised in some sort of way. Right, right. So, I mean, that all seems reasonable um it, to a degree i mean it's just a no, matter of research no, not reasonable not reasonable it's reasonable I so I, I i i okay let me clarify what i mean by reasonable reasonable in the sense that with the limited resources it's you've got to prioritize who gets tested and who doesn't but the same right. the same notion it's very frustrating that there's not more tests available given the statistical likelihood of there being significantly more cases than we're aware of and it's one of those like knowing is half the battle kind of things. Yeah, I want to know, is this allergies or do I have coronavirus? I'm staying home regardless. Like I think, thankfully, I, I always work from home, so I'm used to this. But like I have a cough, I have the sniffles, I sneeze occasionally. These are all allergy symptoms. I'm monitoring my temperature daily. I haven't had a fever, not daily, like throughout the day. I don't have a fever. I'm taking my allergy pills. Like is I don't. I don't know. And that's what sucks. Like, it, like, do I have it? And then I know and I can have some peace of mind, just stay home or their postmates have them drop it at the door. Or am I like still potentially could get this? Like, I don't know. Who knows? Not me. Well, so- in terms of, of testing kits, according to the Seattle times this morning and shout out to Melissa for helping me research um, she just sent me this article is as of this morning at 6 a.m., according to the Seattle Times, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation will be offering home testing kits for coronavirus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a exciting. Can you can you uh, Facebook message me and Rick that link? Forwarding it now. Thank you. Thank you. How do I copy? How do you I just how pre- do I... you just hold down on your phone and then it says you can forward it. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm being technically deficient for once yeah. in my life. So, um, let getting back to South by Southwest a little bit. Um, there is. Let me send this to Rick. Jesus. Um. I, I there are economic repercussions even beyond the artists because again, this is a big tourism event for for Austin, Texas, uh, and that means that people like service workers aren't going to be making their money. Catering companies in Seattle even are talking about how their next two months of events are canceled. They're having to lay off all their staff and they might go under completely because, um, you know, they make so much of their money from, from, from these events of all sizes. My brother works in events. My sister-in-law works like does her own, like teaches classes. If those all get canceled, like she gets money when she does these classes, my brother gets money when he does these events and he has online commissions too, but that's not his bread and butter. Right. I mean, the, the, the economic impact of having events like this canceled is pretty significant. Um, I mean, that that said, I mean, there are some companies are doing what they can to help give people the tools that they need to to do what they can. For instance, Microsoft is offering, um, I bel- last time I checked, they're offering f- a free six-month subscription to Microsoft Teams, which is their conferencing and collaboration software. So if you're doing any events that you, 
if you've got like meetings that you're supposed to have in, port, uh, in person, for instance, or if you've got seminars that you're supposed to have all of your attendees show up in person, uh, for instance, you could download that, um, get your subscription set up, um, a Microsoft Teams event online to do streaming or collaboration, collaborative meetings, et cetera. And that's, that's the sort of thing that's like, oh, wow, like at least we could try to do some of this from our homes. But for a lot of things, that's just not realistically possible. And the impact of that can't be understated at this point. Right. Right. I mean, that's just the state of the healthcare in, in the United States. Um, and <clears throat> and it's a, it's the state of where things are at right now. Absolutely. I think uh, going back to what I said earlier, I think with the whole half of the battle is not knowing is I, I – I see a lot of people saying, oh, well, you're just overreacting. It's not that bad. And then everybody's like, oh, this could be so bad. And I, I think the disconnect I'm seeing there is we just don't know. We mm-hmm. and we've we all know that we've been through like over the last couple of decades in the age of information. It's a lot easier to get worked up about things that are going around on the other side of the world, um, not just in our own neighborhoods. And be like, oh, SARS or the swine flu or um uh, thankfully, the swine flu wasn't airborne. If it was, that would be the day pigs fly. Uh, but I'm not responding to that. <laughs> uh, we the the reality is is we just don't know. And so, it, my encouragement to everybody, just generals, be gracious to those around you who are worried. Don't. There's no need to tell them that they shouldn't be worried. There's no reason to say the panic is going to be the worst thing ever for us because. In my personal opinion, the fact that we just don't know is even more cause for us to be extra cautious because of the potential impact and loss of life. I mean, the the people that are in the categories are, um, who are more affected by this um, at higher risk of mortality are people that are that are loved. And for those of you who've yeah. got loved ones who you're worried about, like, or if, if you don't have love, like say you're in your twenties and you're working tech in Seattle and you don't really have any family in the area, you're like, Oh, well I'll be fine. Please be gracious to, to those around you who very well could have family who they're worried about in the local area. I think that this, I, I just was looking at numbers at this, this nursing home and full disclosure, this is sensitive to me because my great grandmother died uh, because of a norovirus outbreak in her assisted living facility. That didn't make the news, but um, these is, I think there were 120 residents of this nursing home and 26 have died. 120, 26 Dang. are gone, gone. And that's, uh, hard. It's, it's, yeah, it's a worst case scenario um, for sure. So let's, yeah, let's not be flippant about this. The worst thing you can do is be flippant about this. If you're healthy um, and you think you might have it, then yeah, stay home. And if you're healthy and you're like, I don't have to worry about me, do what you can to reduce the impact on others. Because I think being selfish is the worst thing that we can do right now. And also for the record, stop going out and buying all of the damn uh, alcohol swabs that are meant for people who uh, have to like inject themselves with insulin and stuff. These people, people who are diabetic need them more than you, probably. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You're being an asshole. Well, I don't know. I, I thought toilet paper stopped coronavirus. Listen, toilet paper, I get people stocking up on a little bit because if you're <laughs> going to be home for two weeks. Also, I'm very concerned about these people who are buying all of this, like like four of those Costco uh, 
uh, pallets of them. Like, how much toilet paper are you going through? Like, do you, you, everybody, like, you do know that coronavirus doesn't give you diarrhea, right? It does, actually, in about 5% of cases. 5%. Uh, all right. Well, okay. I take that back. Go ahead, buy your pallets of toilet paper. It's completely warranted. Buy a bidet attachment. That's more pleasant. Uh, that's probably more sustainable long term as well, because it's not like the virus is going to shut down the clean water supply. Yeah, that's the thing is people buying the bottled water. So um, I do want to say a couple more things about the coronavirus. I Mostly I want to correct myself. Um, I'm going to read this from Billboard. <clears throat> I don't know if an act of God clause will get people, uh, will get these festivals money from their insurers. But uh, I'm going to read this directly from, from Billboard. Promoters who do cancel will likely cite the force majeure clause of the performance contract, which waives liability for cancellations beyond a promoter's control. Um, it will generally force majeure clauses generally say that promoters are not required to pay artists for cancellations caused by ex- external factors like a local government agency pulling an events permit over coronavirus concerns. So it doesn't, nec- from what I can tell, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get any money from insurance, but it does just mean that they don't have to pay people. Which is sucks for the people. Right, right. That's kind of a bummer. I think this is where I, I start to find myself going, well, what can we do? And uh, for starters, washing your hands, having good hygiene. Uh, I mean, everything that the CDC is saying, do what you can to stay clean and to not transmit or have it transmitted to you. Uh, if you have the capability in areas that are particularly affected, work from home. I know. Uh, Microsoft has sent all of its non-essential staff to work from home. I know that Nike shut down its headquarters down in Oregon. I, I know I don't know where Amazon's on that list. I, I know a lot of people have sent their folks home. If you have the ability to work from home, um, do it by all means. Uh, so also, there's we're, all we're, of gonna, that. we're gonna see like carbon emissions go way down because people aren't driving to work. We've seen that in Asia. Oh imagine yeah, yeah. This tra- imagine if this trend sticks. Well, let's not get our hopes up too much for that, but just in terms um, of what you can do to prevent the transmission and then what you can do to prevent the economic impact specifically for those in our community. Emily, what can so we can, do for that? I want to talk more about from specifically from a musician's perspective about um, uh, not spreading it, not getting it. Cause you're, we know you're going to play those shows if you're feeling sick, because it's what you do. You get on right. the damn plane, you get in the car, you get on the stage, um, clean surfaces, including your friggin' microphones, um, make sure those are getting wiped down or bring your own microphone. If you're, if you're feeling fancy, don't shake hands with folks. Just be just like, if, if anybody put out their hand to me in Austin, I just said, I don't feel good. And they were just like, okay, cool. Um, only wear a mask if you're, um, coughing or sneezing or feel sick and try not to burp into those masks. That's a mistake I've made. You'll regret it. That sounds um, delightful. Yeah. Keep a two-week supply of your medications. And if you have travel and need to cancel, just call your airline. Yeah, there are long waits. Alaska has a callback feature, so they'll just call you back when it's your turn. Um, a lot of airlines are just refunding you um, or are giving you credit. They're being really gracious about all of this. Um, so try. Try it um, if for any of cancellations. Um, unless you have a specific deal on your hotel, you can usually cancel within 24 hours. Rental cars, you usually get charged um, like when you return the car, when you get the car. You don't usually pay in advance for a rental car. Uh, and yell at the venue if there's no soap in the bathrooms like I did. That's uh, Those are a couple things. 
Like, um, like yell, be angry, be upset. Yeah, and some songs you can sing while you wash your hands for 20 seconds. Uh, the choruses of Beyonce's Love on Top, Fleetwood Mac's Landslide, Prince's Raspberry Beret, Dolly Parton's Jolene, Toto's Africa, and Lizzo's Truth Hurts. You bless those reins. <clears throat> yes. So uh, what can you do to support artists um, and your communities in general? Let's start with artists. Um, buy their stuff. Like, you should have been doing this before. Let's be real. Um, if you're streaming them, uh, buy their buy it on iTunes or whatever. Buy physical stuff. Buy merch. Um, because a lot of these artists are just... Like, it, with South by Southwest getting canceled, a lot of tours are based around South by Southwest. So a bunch are just getting canceled. Because you were relying, as an artist, on that money that you were going to get in Austin to, to put the whole tour together because so much of a tour especially for an indie band is hand to mouth sometimes you just need to spend 200 bucks to get through the first two shows and then the money you make from the door from merch sales um that's what pays for the rental car that day if you have to rent a car that's what pays for the gas for the meals for like if you have if, if you have to have a hotel room because you don't know anybody in that city you can stay with like that's like, it's such a if one thing gets canceled, it can ruin you in a lot of ways. So, um, <clears throat> if like some bands have Patreons, throw them some money via Bandcamp. Um, what gets trickier is, uh, the, 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 the service industry. Cause that's money that, um, they were going to make. So if you live in Austin, um, go out, like you guys don't have, um, you don't have an outbreak yet. So go out, be sanitary, wash your hands. Don't just wash your hands. Stop buying all of the uh, hand sanitizer. I couldn't find any hand sanitizer when I was in Dallas either, honestly, until I got to the airport. Uh, so go out and support your communities as safely as you can. Um, and especially the music. Uh, things like catering, that's a lot harder. That's a lot harder to support because that's not something that you're usually aware of paying for. So, Right, right. And uh, there's definitely got to be a level to which we have to all collectively say there's only so much we can do. We can only do what we can. I mean, And I think this goes for any disaster, whether it be the Nashville uh, tornado or the, the coronavirus outbreak. We can't carry the weight of the entire issue on our shoulders, but what we can do is pitch in. Uh, I think something that I heard or that that I thought about the other day was uh, if you're working from home right now and saving all of that gas money, something to consider is take that money out of your budget and start giving that out to, to your local um, bands with uh, Patreons. That's smart. Like, the money you're saying, same, same with bands that like you were going to, if you cancel your flights to Austin, your hotel, how much should like, that money where you're going to spend on just the lodging, give it to bands. Right. Right. I mean, if the money was originally in, especially for money that was originally intended to go to go see those bands. I mean, even if just a small grouping of people who were going to go see that donated their plane ticket money. I mean, I know that seems incredibly overly generous or like, Oh, well that's my hard earned money. I mean, that's fine. If that's the way you feel about it, no one's going to pressure you into doing that. I mean, you were already spending twelve hundred bucks on weekend wristbands South by. You were maybe getting a, a flight that was like let's be generous and say five hundred bucks round trip. 
you're probably paying 300 bucks a night to stay at a motel eight like you are already budgeting this like especially the wristband ticket if nothing else the wristband ticket you were already giving that money to those artists in a way so you could just give it to them directly they would get more of it and uh, yeah yeah and 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 another nice thing if in an ideal circumstance where we as a community can band together and get this money in the hands of the folks that need it in our industry, they might feel a little less compelled to go play a show while sick. Might be like, <laughs> oh, well, we can afford to say, we're going to take a break on this one, guys. Go home, hug your families, be safe. Canceling a show because of illness. I A couple of people are doing that in Seattle for sure, but I... Never thought you'd see the day, huh? I I think that's um wishful thinking. That I I think that if you if you're beyond like being a singer who's lost their voice, I've definitely played a lot of shows with colds, including like well, when, I, when I, Halloween show with Taco Cat, I had like a weird cough the whole time. We'll see how far this ends up going. I know this morning, uh, Washington State Governor Jay Inslee was uh, on the local news uh, on air saying uh, we're considering mandatory measures. Like, uh, I think I saw him say it would be the first thing would be to legally prohibit gatherings over a certain number. Is that right? Um, I believe that was on the list. Uh, In general, that, that, that list is something that's subject to change and just as the government does what it can to to do its part and we'll see what that ends up looking like i mean again this really comes down to for me we really don't know what we're dealing with to the extent that we really should and i think we could with this very well could be something that blows over the next couple of weeks we're all good to go this very well could be something that goes for a couple of months uh any any variation of that so we'll see how it plays out yeah, obviously promoters are banking on it slowing down over the summer. But that's that's there's that's no basis in fact that'll happen. We don't know even how long you're contagious for if you do have it. We don't know what we don't know, unfortunately. Yeah, we, and we don't yeah, yeah, we don't we don't know what we don't know exactly. We don't know what we don't know. You and you can only unknowns. do so much. Unknown I know it, it's almost like a, uh, it almost leaves one feeling a little bit helpless and feeling a little helpless. And my encouragement is there's no need to feel helpless. There's, there's nothing wrong with having limited resources and capabilities. I mean, that's every single one of us, but the important thing is when we all as a community band together, everybody's little bit that they can do to pitch in adds up really quick. Yeah, that's true. And, and I think that's something very encouraging that we can take away from all of this. Something um, we've already seen with the the this last week unfold in Nashville after the tornado. Tornado is when a community bands together. There's not a whole lot that can stop it from getting done what needs getting done. Mm-hmm. And this is where I start to get sappy about like you know I actually might maybe have a little bit of faith in humanity, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Cool. Well, um, uh, that's a good note to, to stop on um, to everyone out there. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Please leave us a five-star review and rating on iTunes. Um, we have merch. We have a Patreon. Links in the show notes to all of those. Um, until next time, I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. 
Goodbye. Bye. One, two, three.